Good morning, church. We are back again in the sixth floor. We thank God for the things that maybe we pray that everything will serve you better as we come and worship God in this place. Maybe there are still some things that needs adjustment, but hopefully as uh, time goes by, it will next week will be better. Amen. So today we will see how we are to be strong in the joy of the Lord. But there is a point. You know, the joy of the Lord is not just like something that you put on your face. It's not something that you can make it up. But the joy of the Lord is from the inside. How God rejoices over you will bring you joy in your heart. But there is one point where it will make or break it. So it's a deciding factor. It's a deciding point whether you will be able to go over it or you will fail. And when we follow God, there are many things. The values of the kingdom that is not just like our worldly values. Just for example, Jesus said, Blessed are you when people persecute you. And when we really get a grasp of that sentence, you are being blessed when you have enemies, when you have persecutions. Now, the kingdom of God sometimes it has different values that it just doesn't make it to the worldly values. Now this one, we will all see how to have the joy of the Lord as our strength. But even in the most challenging times. So the purpose of the word of God today is for us to have joy even in the unexpected places you know when you think about it God never promises us a free way he never promises that you will not have trouble he never promises that you will not promises that you will not suffer he never promises you will always be healthy but his promise is I will be with you even through the valley of the shadow of death even when you go down even when you have trouble have sufferings I am with you what does it mean I am taking it upon myself to walk together with you so he is also paying the price in walking with us through difficult times now if you see 
there is another paradox, which is when you see the cross of Christ, that cross is a symbol of a death by suffering. It's not a death, maybe for example, by a stroke or sudden death, but it's a slow death by pain and suffering in your body. So that's why the cross is very torturous, because it's a slow death. But Jesus, it was testified in Hebrew, it says he endured because he saw the joy. So when he endured the cross, he saw the joy. Now this is, we don't like to hear about, you know, we like to hear more about blessing. We like to hear more about prosperity. But that's not the whole picture of our life, right? Our life in the world, we have many troubles. We have all the challenges that we face. And God promises that even, even in the place where you count it, it just doesn't make sense for us to have joy in that kind of place. But God says, it is possible. So let's read Hebrews 12, 1 until 3. And if uh, you can stand up together with me, we'll read these three verses together. Hebrew 12, verse 1, start. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Amen. Please be seated. So God says in your suffering, against sin you have not shed your blood maybe you were wounded by words by actions of people but jesus said you haven't shed your blood just like what i did i shed my blood until the last drop but this is what we see here jesus who for the joy that was set before him so when jesus was enduring the cross he despised the shame remember this you know jesus who was the son of god the ruler of the whole earth and he was shamed publicly so who are we we are not the ruler of the whole world. So if Jesus 
was willing to be shamed publicly in such a way. It should remind us. It should encourage us. Don't be fainted. Don't grow weary. And Jesus, while he endured, despising the shame. And he endured such hostility against himself. And I believe, just to put it in our time right now, I believe, you know, we as pastors and people who work for God, I believe this is a time that we are preparing the church of God. Because we are entering into a time such as never been before. When you hear, when you follow what happened right now, we hear wars everywhere. This country against this one, this one against that one. It's like, it's not only one place. One, two, three, four, five, plus the famine, the economic, the politics, all these things coming into a perfect storm. And we need to prepare the church of God. And right now, this is just a side note. People in Israel, they believe that the Messiah is just right at the door. Their expected Messiah because they rejected Jesus as their Messiah. So they are expecting. And now, they believe. Wow, there is one new young star arising that they really put their hope this might be the one. So they really believe that the time is really, this is on the brink. And we as a church, we need to know, we need to be ready of what is going to come. The church will not continue on like this all the time when the time come after rapture of the people who are mature the first fruit and then after that is going to be the time of the tribulation the time when the Antichrist will rule and reign now we need to be ready and if, if some will go through that difficult times, God says, you should not grow weary or faint-hearted. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. He endured until the end of his life. So this is very important that we should stand with Jesus until the end of our lives. And we are to God for them, for his fellow Israelites, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a seal for God but not according to knowledge. 
for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So number one is righteousness. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. We cannot make it to the joy with, without embracing the first step. We have to embrace the righteousness of God. Now there is a difference of what Paul is speaking here. He says, I have all my fellow Israelites. They were zealous. They have the seal. They follow the Torah, the commandments in the Old Testament. They meticulously follow all the feasts and all the things, you know. They have the seal, but not according to knowledge. Because if they really read the Old Testament, they really read the prophets and even the law, Moses, they all testify about Jesus now we now we have the Old Testament and the New Testament now we have the full circle now we can see that how God attested Jesus as the Savior of the world he was Jesus was attested to be the Son of God God the father proof this is my son in whom I am well pleased so when we follow after the righteousness of God it has to be according to knowledge we cannot being ignorant and sometimes many of us Christians so-called we call ourselves Christians, but we hardly read or meditate on the Word of God. How can we do it according to the knowledge, the true knowledge of God? There is no other way for each one of us to be planted in God's Word. I know it's very simple but it's not that easy to do right God say meditate on it day and night I just read uh, I listened to a testimony of a professor she was a professor and she was an activist of some group of people that reject what God says about marriage and she said I want to know about this book and in two years she went through the Bible seven times two years 
and when her friends came over, her friends told her, you know, this is a dangerous book. <laughs> because when you really get into this book, it will change you. Because our Bible book is not just normal book. It's a living word. And you have it in your hand, in my hand. So it's up to you and me how much we want to devour, how much you want to take in of the word of God into you. Sometimes maybe when you read a part you don't understand, I encourage you, keep reading. Because the Old Testament will be explained in the New. Scripture explains Scripture. That's very important. We do not explain from anywhere outside sources. Scripture will explain Scripture. So when you read, continue on. While you are in the spirit of prayer, when you read, ask, Lord, I don't understand this. Can you please help me to understand? And I believe if we keep on pursuing God, just like that professor did, after reading seven times in two years, well, after that she kept reading. And now she said, I'm reading it not only for studying it, but I'm reading to really get understanding. So this person who was, who never knew what God's word is. Now when she started to read, it's true. What was the warning from her friend? This is dangerous. And now she was changed. She became a pastor's wife. Because the book is the word of God that speaks to your heart. You are being created by God and when God's word is being spoken into your being, your being will recognize this is something. This is not just a voice. This is not just a book. So we should not be ignorant. And I believe right now, you know, your we have Bible, but we also have our gadget. And it's so easy just to open up, you know, our gadget, but not God's. And that's why coming back to community, in the small group, in the community, you sh that's where you find accountability. Sometimes we have you know, blind spots. We cannot see what's wrong with us. But when you are in an accountability group, that's when you open up yourselves to receive advice, to receive correction. And when you invite people into your life, please feel free. If I do something wrong, please let me know. And that's very important as we are being surrounded by the community of God's family. So righteousness has a lot to do 
with our lifestyle in the word is not from the pastor is not from the pulpit is not from the church on sunday but it's lifestyle day to day how do we live in the word if we say we are in god's righteousness then we test ourselves how well i am being soaked in the word of god number two let's read from isaiah 32 how we can get the peace of god isaiah cries out to his people he say for the palace is forsaken the popular city deserted the hill and the watchtower will become dense forever a joy of wild donkeys a pasture of flocks until the spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is deemed a forest then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness abide in the fruitful field and the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness quietness and trust forever my people will abide in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places so we see the kingdom of god is about god's righteousness and once we get that righteousness isaiah just resounding just aligning with what paul said about the kingdom of god that once we grab one we accept god's righteousness then the following the outcome will be peace the effect of righteousness will be peace the result of righteousness quietness and trust forever so the peace of god we can check our hearts do i have peace is my heart being restless that's the indicator do we need to come back to god's righteousness is there any aspects in my life that is still not according to god's righteousness is there anything in my cell phone that not in line with god's righteousness so the peace of god will be one of the indicator and this is what we need to you know to really establish it in our life you know when you really become a follower of christ jesus one of the marks that you can spot right in is the peace of god if your life is still you know full of anger hatred bitterness then that's 
One of the indication is there anything that I need to make peace with God? And it's not only in yourself, but you, we need to build peace in our homes. Maybe it's only you who believe in God. But God's word say, if you believe, if you pray for your family, it's not only you, but you and your household will be saved. So the whole household. So we seek to establish the peace of God in our homes. What happened if in our workplace where we work, Anytime we come, we bring God's peace. So when we come, there will be like just quietness and peace. That is the kingdom of God that is being carried by us. If the kingdom of God is here, peace will reign. So if you have troubled mind, seek, submit your mind to God. If you have a troubled soul, your heart, your desire, your will, your emotion, then we need to submit our soul to God. And God promised, if you are in righteousness with me, doesn't matter you have enemies, doesn't matter, you know. God illustrates this again and again through the lives of the people of Israelites. When the king, the leader, is walking in righteousness with God, you know what happened? They live in peace. The enemies surrounding them, surrounding David, they, was, they were all at peace with him. But once the king is not walking in God's righteousness, what happened? The enemies start to rise one after another. That's one of the indicators also. Are we walking in righteousness? If we walk in righteousness, it doesn't matter. If the world is rising up, we have peace ruling in our heart your heart can be quiet in the midst of the storm this is peace peace doesn't mean no problem but peace means the presence of the god of peace god called himself in romans 16 god of peace when we have him we have peace. And then the third one is from Habakkuk. Chapter 3 is about joy. Verse 17 until 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no hurt in the stalls. So the picture here is famine. You don't have any sustenance. 
There is no produce. Everything fails. Even no flock, no meat. No meat, no fruits, no produce. Nothing. But in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places to the choir master with string instruments. So Habakkuk is a prophet who saw the coming of the kingdom of Babylon. Babylon is the one who conquered Judah. Before Judah was conquered, the northern kingdom, Israel, already conquered by the Assyrians. Now the Assyrians, they were fierce. But he says, the Babylonians, they are coming. will conquer the southern kingdom. So Habakkuk, the prophet, when he lived at that time, he said, I cry to God, Lord, violence. Lord, destruction in the city. So Habakkuk witnessed a time of violence everywhere. And it's not that's what we are seeing now. It's escalating everywhere. Now we hear, you know, people in the Western Hemisphere now hear the shooting not only monthly but weekly. It's going up. And Habakkuk is crying out to God, God, violence everywhere. Why you don't punish the wicked God? But God answered him, Look, I'm bringing an army from the north, the Babylon. And the Babylon will come and conquer and punish. So Habakkuk, he said, I will go to the watchtower. I will wait. I will see what God will speak to me. And God says, you write it down, record it, and you wait. Because what I have told you, it will happen. The vision will wait for its appointed time. Even though it tarries, you wait. For it will surely come to fulfillment. So what God is telling Habakkuk, Habakkuk, what you saw, the violence, the destruction, yes, it's really bad. But I am bringing, I am raising up a nation that is also fierce and wicked, and they will punish sins. They will become an instrument. But wait, wait, the vision the redemption from God is coming. You just have to wait even though right now you don't see it. Even though right now it's like, where is God's promise? Where is God's salvation? So now in chapter 3, in the last chapter, Habakkuk comes to a song. He finally 
hear what God spoke to him and he sang the song. And in this song, now he come to grabs with his faith. His faith does not rely on the conditions that he saw. He saw the fig tree, the produce fail me. Everything, I don't have anything yet. This is what he comes to grabs. I will rejoice. I will take joy. So your joy does not depend on your circumstances. Your joy does not depend on your successes or failures. Your joy is in the Lord, in the God of my salvation. Even though the produce fail, even though there was famine, my joy is not in the abundance of things. My joy is in the Lord. And who is the Lord that Habakkuk saw? The Lord is my salvation. As long as you have God, you will be saved. Even though you are in a dire condition, God is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me walk on my high places. When you see the deer on the mountains, the mountain deer, they can walk just easily on the hills, steep hills. And the word of God says, you will be like those. You can walk up because God will enable you to have that kind of fit. To be able to walk on high, even though it's a difficult place. So, it's a point of make it or break it. You still can have joy, just like Habakkuk. I will rejoice in the Lord. And if you have the righteousness of God, that result in your heart at peace. And then the third one, the joy of the Lord. Despite all circumstances, you have joy in the Lord. Let's have the musicians to come forward and let's all stand up together and prepare our hearts. Let's just respond personally to God. And have Him to talk personally to us maybe we are in a place where we're just okay but that's not what God wants to give us he wants to give joy abundant joy and peace as long as we stay in his righteousness. And let's sing this song, Hosanna. Hosanna means save us, Lord. Save us, God. The King of glory that is coming. Save us, Lord. <laughs> 